You want to look thin? Hang out with fat people. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the... And then because he says to Lou, hey, Lou, how look at this? I know you could lose, lose a few, a few pounds. pounds. I need to get fatter actors. in the garage i'm cory culp i'm freddie Woff. and we're not out of the 80s man no. but we've made it to a year later <laughs> we're moving we're moving forward forward i want we're moving forward but we're going back back to school we're coming back to school this week with the awesome rodney dangerfield man. this is his best movie as far as i'm concerned he, everything is perfectly tailored for Rodney and what he's known for, the comedy that he's known for. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I do love Back to School, and it's the perfect storm of Rodney. Everything, everything that he kind of started to show us in Easy Money and his building up the Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, he's been doing it for like twenty five years at this point, or thirty years. But I mean, it, it's perfect. Like his 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 brand of comedy, the self deprecating humor. Uh, you know, Sam Kennison. The rock and roll, it all sort of just came together perfectly in the year of 1986. His self-deprecating humor works so well in this movie. We were talking about this before we turned the mics on. Of Usually when you get a movie where you're taking a comic that is known for certain type of humor, or even some of those exact jokes people are really, you know, they're well known for. And you put them in the movie, they just seem shoehorned in a movie. Perfect example is how poorly it works in Ford Fairlane, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I think the first time I ever saw Dice was on a Rodney Dangerfield special. So, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're cut from the, obviously the same cloth. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Rodney encouraged Dice into the push it into acting as well. And what's so good about that self-deprecating humor being utilized in Back to School is how natural it feels. Not all that self-deprecating Rodney Dangerfield humor is directly applied to himself. Sometimes he's talking about a, an old friend or something like that. It doesn't, it's not constantly going me, me, me. <laughs> That's why it's so effective because it, his humor is not always being addressed to himself, which it usually is. Yeah, totally. I mean, for the, the funny thing about Rodney Dangerfield, uh, for me, like this is 86, right? So, I mean, I grew up knowing who Rodney Dangerfield was mostly from Miller Lite beer commercials. Oh, I forgot all about right? this. One, all we need is one pin, Rodney. <laughs> I mean, that that I knew him from those 30-second beer commercials. And then he was in Easy Money. And then, then he shows up in Back to School and, like, you know, and he explodes. And fast forward to a moment in the movie. Because, boy, this did not come to mind until you mentioned the commercials. All of the, the trunks of Miller Lite. Dude, the cops are carrying in Miller Lite. I was like, ah, yes. So you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I wonder how he got all those right? boxes. You think, <laughs> you think any quality favorites? <laughs> hey, Rodney, you know, uh, serious, sales are lagging. Serious product placement before that was a thing. 
No, no, absolutely. So this movie starts off in New York City, 1940. And we know this because they tell us right on the screen. <laughs> and it's a sepia. In the movie, it's sepia or black and white or some it's, variation thereof. It's really weird. And you see this little boy. And the little boy is played by that kid from Wonder Years. Right. What and, is, uh, he was in something else, too. Well, just uh, the year before, he was the punk acting kid that had Pee-wee's bike from Pee-wee's Big oh, Adventure. Oh, yeah. It's funny here because he's not playing that little jerk kid in no. this he's just playing little rodney he's playing little thornton mellon at that point we don't even know his name his dad calls him thorny right which is great but if you think about it, nobody else calls him thorny the rest of the way and it's only used that one moment right but his name is not he's like you're a mamoni no right yeah no no they changed the name to mellon because mamoni is okay he's got he's an old italian <laughs> i guess <laughs> It didn't work. It was a mouthful. <laughs> or maybe Mamoni means melon in Italian. Does it? I don't know. Maybe I should have looked it up maybe before I brought it up. <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to Google it. We'll come back to that. I'll yell it out later in the show. So little Thorny walks into a tailor shop and pulls out a piece of paper and he hands it to this older gentleman that's there. And it's clearly his father. And he says, oh, Thorny. <laughs> You got shitty grades, dude. <laughs> you need to apply yourself. I do, Pop. I can just, I can't do it. I suck. I suck. And he grabs his collar. And it's a little moment letting everybody know, like, look, he's, this kid does. I just want to work in the shop with you, Dad. I just, that's all I want to do. What does his dad say? Because he uses the line later on. A man without education is nothing. Yeah. He's nothing. Oh, it's Maloney is what he says. It's You're Maloney. a Maloney, which means oh, right. melon in Italian. There you go. But it sounds like he says Mamoni. So we start going through a bunch of montage photos. We're seeing younger Rodney Dangerfield's face photoshopped on old-timey photos as we're going through this montage. And then it's present day now, and here's Thornton Mellon. What, in middle-aged Thornton Mellon? Middle-aged Thornton Mellon. And he has followed his dad's legacy of sorts. He owns... A bunch of tall stores f- called Fat and Tall. Tall and Fat. No, no. Is it Fat and it's Tall? It's Fat and Tall. Oh, I guess you're right. Oh, no. no, it's, no, no, no tall it's and Fat. Tall and Fat. Tall and Fat rolls off the tongue. What? That's the reason. I don't know. Fat and Tall, man. Tall and Fat. Tall and I don't, Fat. Tall and Fat is so... Wow, it's like big and, well, yeah. But there, yeah. I think you're confusing with the actual Big and Tall stores that were spawned <laughs> from this movie. I'm sure. Because I never saw one or heard of one until after Back to School. And then like... The tall and the big and fat, or whatever, big and, and tall stores are popping time, up everywhere. And every time you said big and tall in their ads, all I heard was fat and tall. Me too. That's all I can think of. I'm like, they're just going, they're just, how does that even work? So, the, so we're seeing this commercial on Lemmy and eventually pull wide, and we're seeing that same middle aged Rodney Dangerfield looking at himself on this TV in his limo. He's in the back of a limo driving along. We cut for front and hey, there's Burt Young playing Lou, his driver, best friend slash bodyguard. bodyguard. And then because he says to Lou, "Hey Lou, how look in this? Uh, you can lose, lose a, few a few pounds. pounds. I need to get fatter actors." Yes. They pull up in front of this building and it says <laughs> Melon Building. <laughs> just right, says, it does. It, it just says Melon. melon. <laughs> it says Melon Building. Just say Melon. I know it's a building, right. <laughs> dude. We have to put the word building on there. I've never uh, understood that about architecture. Uh, I'm like, why does it say building? I know it's a building. The Chrysler it's, Building. I think they were. It was, I think it was a play off the Chrysler Building. It was supposed to be like. Uh, that's how I took it. Well, but, yes. but don't put the what? word. Who puts the word building in the name well, of their building? Chrysler. Well, Empire, Empire State. <laughs> Empire building. State. 
But does it say Empire State Building? Yeah. Or does it say There's Empire State Building? There's a plaque on it. It says Empire State Why? Building. Does it, see, <laughs> I know it's a fucking building, man. It's right there. I, I understand, too. How but stupid do you think we are? I don't know, man. You know, somebody might be like, hey, can you run down to the Empire State? And they're like, uh, well, no, look, the building. This is the United States of America. That's not the United States of America nation. The White House building. <laughs> I know it's a nation of Library of Congress building. Assholes. <laughs> Comes through the building doors. Right. And he's walking down the hall. Everyone's like, Mr. Thornton, Mr. Thornton, Mr. Mellon. And they're all like fat. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. He doesn't hire anyone who's, because no. that's the gag. So he gets to the conference room. He says he walks in there and there's a chef and there's high end catering going on. And this is clearly just another day. Thornton's about taking care of his people and living well. And everybody's just eating. Everybody, everybody at the table is eating and they're chowing hard. And he comes in there, sits down, everybody greets him with a mouthful of food. And they start talking about ideas and new plan, new things. When we realize that Thornton Mellon isn't just the guy that owns all these tall and fat stores. He's got an empire. He's oh, yeah. got going. He's like Trump rich. Well. <laughs> in the 80s. No, no, no. He's got money. <laughs> He's uh I'm pretty sure that Thornton Mellon didn't file for bankruptcy at any point in his life. No, nah, never, not at all. Dude, I love the whole thing that like where they're okay, pitch me and like you know, everybody's between mouthfuls of whatever they're eating. They're eating like roast beef and Yeah, yeah, because he, cannoli because, because and, he calls the shots and he's just walking into work. He's just walking in. This is and this is the first meeting of the day. It's it's lunchtime though. Yeah, he calls the shots. He doesn't need to be there eating the morning. No, man, he's coming in. He's rolling in at noon. And then there's a phone call. Hey, it's my son. <laughs> hey, everybody, get F-O. Get out. And then one exec wants to say something to him, and he goes, hey, well, what about this? That's We have more on the agenda. Yeah. Oh, no way. My boy's on the phone. <laughs> this is when we're introduced to his son, Jason Mellon. Yeah, Keith Gordon. Keith Gordon from Christine. And we don't know his name yet, I don't think, at this point. And they're just talking to him and like, they got a great rapport, but it's more like a buddies. We also learn a vital piece of information in this phone call, which leads into the next scene. It, it Thornton says, hey, you know, uh, Jason tells him, like, hey, you know, we have a week off. We're not in school right now. You know, we're not in classes. He says, hey, why don't you, Thornton says, why don't you come up and come up and celebrate at the party, the fifth anniversary party. And he's like, uh, no, I, I don't want to, you know, because she's not my she's mom. Not, she's not my mom. He's like, your... But Thornton wants to see his son. And he makes a suggestion. Hey, why don't I come up and see you? Right. And Jason's really, he's hesitant. He's like, no, 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 don't come up here. You know, I, won't, I don't have time. He's being a little weird and secretive. He's secretive about it. And they pull wide and he's Jason's in a locker room. And here comes our boy. Billy Zabka. Zabka rolls up there. And I'm like, you know, as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. You dick. You've already, you're already there. You're already there going, you You, you just know he's not a good dude. You see him and you're like, you asshole. Then we find out that Jason is not on the diving team. No. He's their towel boy. <laughs> and Zabka's, Zabka's ribbing him for it. You know, doesn't, and, it doesn't Zabka like throw his underwear on him or something. No, <laughs> no. As he's, I mean, he might as well. As everybody's walking by, even before Zabka walks up, they're kind of like throwing their towels at him, and some are like landing on his shoulder. And but this is our first introduction to the first dick of our movie. Oh yeah, and it's Chaz Osborne, Chaz. played by Mister Billy Zabka, who made a career of of being this guy and you don't hate Zabka for it. No. You love Zabka for playing these guys. Because he can he he just does it so well. So here he is in this movie playing his foil 
at least on the diving team. So he's Chaz Osborne, swim dick. Swim. Oh, yeah, you like, yeah, 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 swim dick. Hey, swim dick. Swim dick. Cut to the house and the limo rolls up and I'm like, well, that's Thornton's limo. Where's this? And they get out of the car and he says to Lou, I'm going to head inside. And he goes, I like the old house better. He goes, yeah, me too. All right, so it's Thornton's house. And we already know the new wife is in particular. Vanessa. She's played by the fantastically wicked, call me Billy, Adrian Barbeau. So here we have the party, and we're, we're finally meeting the awesome Adrian Barbeau. She excels at this. She's literally still playing. It's the same character. She's Hal Holbrook's wife from Creepshow. You know, she's having fun at this party, this fifth anniversary party, and it's he doesn't know any of these people here. These are all friends of hers none of or people that are just sucking up for money, for donations, for whatever charity they have. And Thornton wants a beer. He just wants a beer. And he turns to the bartender and says, give me a beer. No beer, says, no, no cerveza. No cerveza. And, and, and Mrs., you know, Mrs. Thornton said, no cerveza. And he goes, fine, I'll go get it myself. And he goes to the kitchen and grab himself a beer, closes the refrigerator and hears something. He's annoyed by the noise. He recognizes the noise. He opens up the pantry and here's Adrian Barbeau in a very quaffed... Bob Picardo. Bob, Robert Picardo making out with her. And we just find out his name later on was Giorgio. Uh, yes, I was going to say Roll, but yes, Giorgio. Giorgio. And, he's, and he's just like, great, you know, whatever. So he just kind of like, he makes a crack about it. What did she say? You're impossible. And You're he, easy. You're easy. And goes up to a... <laughs> he's completely annoyed now. He's got his beer. He's hungry. He's just basically, you know, F this. This is my party. I'm going to enjoy myself. So he goes over to one of the tables that has just this buffet of food. And he decides to make a sandwich. So he takes an entire loaf of bread. <laughs> and I've always loved the way he builds the sandwich. Because he cuts it in half. And then he digs up. it out. Just, with his just, hands. Just grab handfuls of bread inside the bottom. And throws half. it back on the cutting board. Yes. Just <laughs> throws it aside. And he starts grabbing whole trays of meatballs and... And other things. And and, olives. And, and just, just and just sliding everything it's into this. It's called an indigestion sandwich. Yeah, basically, he took one of those. He basically made a sourdough soup bowl. <laughs> with no soup. With no soup. And just loaded it up and then closed it on top. And he, and he says to the guy, hey, come here, hold this side for me. But he's got a big crowd because everybody's like, now they're like, oh, there's all these giggling weirdos around he's, him. He's making a big old you know fuss about everything and people can't believe what's going on here. He's so uncouth. <laughs> <laughs> so he he finishing up his sandwich and he says tells the guy behind him hey can you hold this for me so he holds the other end of the sandwich and he says what's the, what's the line he's like I learned this in Europe and he cuts it in half two or three slices boom loads up on a plate and pieces out and we cut to him later on outside by the pool eating a sandwich yeah, eating the shit out of that what, sandwich. Whatever that, I mean, it's a sandwich in the sense that it's two pieces of bread and with stuff, stuff in, in the it. middle. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. One, wow. of the, one of the things that's so great about, and says so much about Thornton, is when he is making the sandwich. It just shows with the fact he's got a can of light, you know, Miller Lite, and he's making the sandwich, and he's blue-collar Thornton. doesn't matter how much money he's got yeah, now. Man. We've already established that he's super rich, and he's got money coming out of his backside. But that sandwich-making scene just says, I, I'm a regular dude. I'm still that, that kid walking into his dad's tailor shop. Yeah. He's he's blue-collar. He built up the life that he has. It's all built from the ground up with his own two hands. 
And he's still the dude, no matter how rich he is. I he's would, still that guy. I would say that sandwich is like a symbol for the Thornton building. <laughs> I oh. built that sandwich from the ground up. Well, it's also that he just gets a chance to finish his sandwich either. No, he does. Of course not. Because his bitchy ex-wife, I mean, his bitchy wife is so horrible. Vanessa says, can I talk to you in private? Cut to the bedroom. And there they are. And they're going at it, arguing. You know, I'm done. I want a divorce. He pulls the papers <laughs> out like, papers hey, out <laughs> he's, he's got them ready to go like nunchucks in a kung fu movie. Dude. He's ready to go. Boom. She goes, he's like, here, sign these. And she's oh, like, oh, no. no. This is going to cost you plenty. He's like, oh, really? And then he reaches back into his jacket and pulls out a stack of Polaroids. Funny. The great thing is, is they don't even show you the Polaroids. Don't need to. No. It's, his description is perfect. Yeah. And we've already Giorgio in the kitchen. Here's you and Giorgio in the bedroom. Here's you and Giorgio. And I get that. But what's with the midget? Right. <laughs> we get everything we need out of it. It's perfect. Cut away. And he's just hanging out later on. And he decides when he's hanging out with Lou up by the pool. Party's over. Everybody's gone home. And he just says, you know what? I've let this get in the way of my relationship with my son. I'm going to go up and see him. So pack our bags, Lou. We're going back to school. We're but going back to school. I always love when they say the title of the movie in the movie. They show up in Grand Lakes University. And we jump to Jason. And we finally get to meet his buddy Derek, played by a very young Robert Downey Jr. Dude, Derek Lutz. Derek Lutz. This is it. I don't want to say this is maybe the. F- I mean, I'd seen Downey Jr. in things like Tough Turf. I gotta say, I I miss the weirdo gap toothed <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. But he had to grow up. I know, but those teeth were already look. Those are permanent teeth, man. He's got some fakies now. Yeah, well, he needed to. He, yeah, I mean, you can't run through life part- looking like Alfred E. Newman. I understand, but you know. But the, but I mean, even when he did U.S. Marshals, he didn't have those teeth anymore. No, no, no. I think those teeth went away sometime, like, you know, around True Believer 1988, you know, True Believer or uh, 1969, Pickup Artist. Maybe I think they were still kind of gappy in Pickup Artist. So we see Derek, Jason's boy, for the first time. He can't break away Jason from staring at the girl from across the quad. And it's Valerie Desmond. She's not one of those snooty girls, even without any kind of dialogue. You can tell by the way she's dressed, the way she carries herself. Oddly enough, she has sort of a kind of kooky resemblance to uh, Lee in, in Christine. I just felt the same way. And it has not so much to do with the fact that they're Keith both... Gordon, right. It, that they're both are considerably different heights. <laughs> yes, it's like she's a foot taller than him, but that has nothing to do with it. It's just the type of... It, it, right, no, it's that. It's the hair. It's the hair. Um, it's, and then also, we're, we were talking about Nia the Comet earlier. Catherine Mary Stewart. Yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, totally. People always say that there was there was a big blonde thing in that window of time. I'm like, no, man, oh, man. there wasn't. There wasn't as much as you think. There was Heather Locklear and Heather Thomas, and that really is where it ended. And maybe Morgan Fairchild, but she was maybe, a little older. But she's older. older. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I, I feel like Alexandria Paul, Lori Singer, you know, the, those type of th- that was what was big in my when I first started getting into you know movies and I was a teen. Those girls were like, that was what Catherine Mary Stewart. That's what girls looked like. Right. You know, Kelly Preston popped in there somewhere, and she was blonde ish. And I that, guess she's a big blonde, but yeah, but well, yeah, when that's a, that was another thing about mischief. When mischief came out, 
it broke away from that mold of it being a certain thing. And and he was after the, for the snooty blonde girl where you find out she wasn't so snooty. Right. Gosh, that was a good movie. Oh, yeah. Catherine Mary Stewart and yeah. Kelly Preston. Yep. He's fixated on seeing Valerie from across the quad. And then boom, there's dad and Lou. Dad. <laughs> hey, my boy. Hey, uh, Derek Lutz, my dad. I always like that. I always love Derek's name too. It's just, it's, it's Derry with klutz on that. Derry klutz. He's just, it's just the perfect sidekick. So anyway, Jason comes clean. Hey dad, I'm not on the diving team and I'm also not in a frat. I, I live, live in, in the, the dorms. dorms. The dorms? This is what's really funny about Jason. He comes from money. He's had money all of his life. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't, he's like his dad in that respect. He doesn't value money the same way. He doesn't really attach any kind of emotion to it like a lot of people do. Right. Because it's, the reason why is because there's no, there's no need to. He wants people to like him for who he is, not and for he, what he could give And them. he's in school to learn something. He's not, he's not just going to a school because. Party. He wants to learn something. He was more than happy to share that that view of college with his dad later on. Both Thornton and Jason are walking around campus. You know, Thornton says to him, that line that we heard before that Thornton's dad said to him, I don't care how rich and successful a man is without an education, he's nothing. Right, because uh, Jason's saying, I'm going to quit. I'm going to pack it in. I'm a loser. Why don't you kill me? And Jason comes back at him and says, Dad, you don't know what it's like because you don't, you aren't here doing it with me. You don't understand. You you're not having to deal with being a towel boy instead of being on the diving team. Do you know deal with the fact that you all these frats that you try to get into, but living in the dorms. Nobody likes you. Your best friend is Derek Lutz, and you're friends with him because he has no friends. Right. That's Jason. Jason's living the life of literally. This is the nerd in high school. We just elevated to college. Yeah, he's an everyman. But none like Revenge of the Nerds, which we saw just a short couple of years before that. This guy has money, but he's not trying to buy anything. He could. He could buy the quote-unquote happiness that he wanted to. He could buy all the friends he wanted to. He could buy... He could buy a girl. He could he, buy a car. He could buy He could buy a frat house. And we know that his dad doesn't pay attention to his money, so how would he know that he was paying for a dorm? Or he and can just ask his dad. Thornton gets this thrown back at him, like, you don't know what it's like. And he says, You don't hey, know how it feels. You know how it feels. To be me. <laughs> to be me. And uh, uh, an 18-year-old who's angry about... He's uh, a bad dad. He was horrible. That's shitty, why he's... <laughs> shitty dad. Dick dad. Dick dad. <laughs> But now he's going to make it all up. He's so make now it all he, better. So Thornton says, you know what, dude? I'm going back to school. Cut to the office of Mr. Ned Beatty's Dean Martin. Dean yes. Martin? The dean, I love Dean Martin. The dean of admissions played by Mr. Ned Beatty. Squeal like a pig, Beatty. <laughs> dean Martin. Hey, dean Martin. And Dean Martin is about one thing, cash. Oh, I was going to say drinking, but we're talking about the other Dean Martin. Dean Martin is about one thing. Drinking. Oh, wait, no, the wrong one. <laughs> Dean Martin is trying to convince Thornton, you don't, I can't make this work for you. You don't I even can, have a high school diploma. How am I going to get the, yeah. I, I mean, can't sell this, man. I can't sell this. But you know what will sell it? Cut to. Groundbreaking. <laughs> there's a big check. There's a groundbreaking ceremony and, going and on outside. Si- and there's a big sign that the cut to is saying. Thornton Mellon, Mellon uh, future Mel- home. Mellon School of Business Administration. Building. Building. <laughs> It doesn't say building. Well, see, somebody heard it. Because it's not built yet. <laughs> There's no building. It will. 
So, but then see, that's the time when you identify the same building because you gotta let people know what's gonna be there. Right. Once it's built, I know it's a building, right. asshole. <laughs> so, yes, there's a big groundbreaking going on, and like everybody's, you know, there's all these people. I don't know who those people are. I guess it must be the board of trustees, all those folks. Right. Um, and the but back, they're there. And, and then in the background, we see what kind of old timey cars is that? Is that like a, not a Duesenberg? No, it's no, too small it's, for that. It's, yeah. it's one of those. It's, it's a snooty convertible. It's like the car that uh, Albert Finney and um, Hepburn rode around in Two for the Road. One of those cars. <laughs> That's that car. The that Finney car. Mobile. The fin- <laughs> in the background is some stodgy old bastard. Yeah. The injured Dr. Phil Barbet, Dean of School of Business. This is the entry of dick number two. We actually have two dicks in this movie. We have Chaz Osborne, swim dick. Yeah. And now we have Dr. Ms. Bombay. Dr. Bombay. Dude, I kept waiting for a Dr. Bombay joke. Because I swear to God, every time they said it. It had to be on the cutting room floor. It's, it's just somewhere. too obvious. <laughs> Dr. Bombay, Dr. Anyway, Bombay, come right away. So Dr. Philip Barbay, Professor Dick. God. Oh, man. He rolls up and he just he's just not a fan of Thornton, but he's really not a fan of anyone who buys his way into school. He's not a fan of anyone or but, life, I don't and, think. And I think it's kind of poignant now that we're talking about Well, this is where he gives this speech to Dean Martin. Yeah, about about people paying for buying their way buying, in. in you know, their entryway into school. And just a couple of days ago we had a story break. About when it was just USC involved or other schools. It's based on the number. It's got to be more. Yeah, I feel it has to be. uh, Essentially, it's payola, a bunch of rich folks paying for their kids to have opportunities or entry into school. A whole variety of of reasons where people just were paying money to To jump their kids in line or to jump their kids over people who actually had the grades and were putting in the work that maybe didn't have the money. Right. And it wasn't just admissions from what I understand. It was a whole bunch of things. Buying fucking degrees and... And the reason why it became such a major story is there's two recognizable celebrity names in it. Yeah. And the idea of, you know, buying admissions to a school, you know, you're looking over you, Lori Laughlin, full house fame and... What's Jesse going to say? What's Jesse going to say? I mean, and then Felicity Huffman of Transamerica, Desperate Housewives. Yeah. I mean, it so, gave my mom something to get all pissed off about. I've been hearing for it, hearing about it for two days. But there's lots of yeah. money. It isn't, again, it's, it's millions of dollars. Again, I'll say one more thing about this and we'll kind of move on. But the FBI stumbled across this stumbled. situation by accident a year ago where they were investigating some unrelated thing. Those were their, that's their quote, unrelated things. Unrelated things. So there's a shiny chrome shovel, that ceremonial shovel that For Thornton grabs. Ground. And go over there to the ceremonial dirt. <laughs> it's just this little box, like a sandbox full of dirt. <laughs> and he goes over and he's doing the whole photo op. Photo op. Scoops up big thing of dirt and flips it over his shoulder and it lands right on Professor Dick in, in his dick mobile. Now Dr. Bombay is covered in soil and now he really, really, really hates Thornton Nolan. Like yeah. he already hated him, but like yeah. it's just extra fuel for the fire. Yeah. It's like he's, someone threw coal on he him. He has a personality problem with him and he's got morality problems with him and now he's got a schoolyard problem. Now with he's him. been assaulted. He's been assaulted. <laughs> He flipped ceremonial dirt on me. Ceremonial dirt! I see. And we cut to select your class day at admissions. Boom! It doesn't say admissions building. It says admissions, though. It says admissions. Because it's a building, and it doesn't need to tell you it's a building. And it gives hours. So anyway, hey, we're in admissions. 
Yeah, and it's crowded. It's super crowded. It's like rush day for frats and groups and sororities oh, yeah, and everybody's. But they're not looking for you to come here. You're trying to get in line and get your thing. Right. And there's massive clouds because it's got to be the first day because it's nutty in there. Or maybe it's the last day. And there we see Valerie Desmond and she gets bumped into by somebody and, and she ends up dropping everything in her arms. All of her folders or binders or books just fall. By the way, why is she walking with like textbooks? She doesn't have her classes yet. Prop guy didn't have anything else for her. Here, hey, just these, carry these books. We can't just I have, need to knock something out of her hand. Mean, what do you have on the truck? I got, yeah. a, oh, I got, I got a bunch of eighth grade uh, science books. That works. She gets bumped. Let's throw some Migos. Oh. <laughs> Ninth grade Spanish? Okay, good. She drops all of her crap. And Jason's right there to help pick up all the stuff. Yeah, because he's, he's a nice guy. He's sweet. So Jason offers, hey, you know what? You want to cut in line here for astronomy? You know, she kind of missed out on getting her botany class. Right. So, hey, but astronomy could be cool. Yeah, just come over here. She's like, yeah, thanks. And then along comes Chaz. Chaz. Swim, Swim dick. dick. He wants to cut in line for astronomy, too. Suddenly, for some it's, reason. And it has to only be because Valerie's going. Right. He wouldn't know what end of, he wouldn't know what to do with a telescope. He wouldn't know. Well, yeah, he would. Maybe. He'd be looking at other girls. Yeah, well, you're right. He would be. He would because, know what to do with it. Because he's Chaz. But Jason and Derek aren't having it. He's like, you know, man, we got all these people here. It wouldn't be fair. Chaz didn't see. They let Val cut in line. They didn't, they no. didn't, he didn't see that. But it doesn't matter. He just wants to get next to the girl. But even if he did, that would be better. That if he knew that they let her cut, but he won't. I mean, he, maybe he did, but we we didn't. It's not been established. But I just kind of think it's, a, it's his classic dick move anyway. Like, right, pretty girl. I'm moving in, and you know, he's made a he's making a career out of tormenting poor young Melon and Derek Lutz. So anytime he can get into, anytime he can put the screws to those guys, he's gonna do it. So yeah, and Chaz says something about you know, hey, you know what, hey, thanks for nothing. I'll get you back. Kind of thing. I'll see you in. I'll see you practice. See you at practice. Like, what are you gonna do? Throw your dirty towel at me? You do that anyway, asshole. Yeah, right. He pieces out, dude. His he's got an impressive mullet in this movie. He does. He and can rock that mullet though, because it's not the worst looking mullet I've no, seen. It's pretty no. one of the best ones of the eighties. No, by the way, and there was a certain. I, I and I, I think I interpret it as a feminine, but really, what it is is just. He's a child because he's one of those guys yeah. that he's a well-to-do and he's always yeah. had. And he's the, he's exactly the same situation that Jason it, Mellon's in. The right. difference is his upbringing. He's not a snooty dickhead. Yeah, man. They're, they're, they're a shady reflection of one another. Right. Off walks Chaz and people start talking and whispering. Ooh, ah, what's going on? And, Ooh, uh, and you can't tell what's going on. And people start quickly filtering and some running out the doors. Like, what's going on? Everybody just bolts. And we cut to Lou chilling outside his limo, right outside the admissions building with a sign that reads Bruce Springsteen. And people are going, I mean, is that, it was pretty funny. It's great. And people were like climbing out of the car. Bruce, Bruce, Where Bruce. Is he? Where is he? I don't know. I'm just here to pick him up, Lou says. Dude, and he almost breaks. Yes. He literally almost breaks. It's pretty great. They cut back inside, and there is Val, Derek, Jason, and Thornton. Thornton, Thornton has used his well-to-do in his trickery to get ahead. One more time. Let's go pick our classes. Hey, let's go get some classes. And off they go. Oh, no, let's go get some class. Does he say that? Let's go get some class? No. no. He should. I mean, it was missed. Oh, I'm sure it's there somewhere. But it seems too obvious. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. We cut to the bookstore. 
Yep. Our boys, Derek and Jason, are in line with their big stack of used, used books. books. Clearly used books. Not just because of a sticker on their Why are they used. buying used books, Corey? They're buying used books because they've been owned by somebody else and they're the underlines and highlights of important information inside the book. Yeah, but what about, why would you want that? What if the people uh, were crazy, psychopaths, maniacs, serial killers? So Thornton's like going, dude, you can't have used books. And he looks at the the clerk and says, get them some new ones. And they cut to Thornton. I want that. Give me two of those and three of those. And he starts pulling different things of Grand Lakes University off the wall because he wants to make his room. Wants it to be great. School spirit. But isn't this scene kind of reminiscent of the scene in Caddyshack when he's in the golf pro shop? When he's in the pro shop. (laughs) It is somewhere. Thornton gets swept up in the whole moment. He's just feeling it. I'm very excited. And he goes, hey, you know what? Shakespeare for everyone. Hey! And he ends up buying whatever Shakespeare books people need. But I think in general, he was buying everybody their books. Yeah. I don't think it was just Shakespeare. But he wanted to tame that lady's shrew. <laughs> he! She looked like his mother. And she was an old lady. And who's in the background? It's Professor Dick and Sally Kellerman. Lovely Sally Kellerman. When we first see her in that bookstore. She looks phenomenal. Yeah, she radiant. Looks, she looks great. And um, later on, they had some Vaseline lens moments yeah. because she... It sort of comes and goes. Yeah. But I'm going to go with you this. I feel like the moments we see her later when she looks radiant are the moments that she's with Dangerfield. And the moments when she doesn't look so radiant are when she's with Professor Dick. I think it was a choice, perhaps, to show her inner light and how, you know... I'm going to go with she had a different makeup person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Go ahead. Spoil it. <laughs> For the but for the longest time, dude, and especially just I mean, this is the first time I've seen her in this or Mash since I saw her playing Mark Marin's mom on Marin. Now, if you didn't see that, the show ended just like three years ago, two three years ago. Okay, that's current Sally Kellerman. So I had a hard time adjusting to that woman, and she's great by the way. And Marin playing his mom, she's super funny. Anyway, Sally Kellerman, we don't have her name yet. We, we don't. don't. We haven't learned her name. We haven't learned her name, so she's just Sally Kellerman. We realize that we actually do have two dicks in this movie. We have the dick for one melon, and we get the dick for another melon. So Thornton, Jason, and Derek all get back to the rooms. Long hallway shot. They're all opening their individual next-door rooms. They all walk through. And the rooms are no longer rooms. It's one giant space. space. It's like a condom. And both Jason and Derek flip out. It's the greatest thing ever. It is. Everybody wants to live in this house. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go to school and that be where you lived? Right? I'd stay in school for 10 years. Yeah. I'd be Van Wilder. (laughs) Jerking bulldogs? (laughs) Yeah, whatever, man. Whatever it takes to stay. Whatever it takes. (laughs) Whatever it takes to stay in that place for 10 years. We get to kind of get the lay of the land of this new condo, this new living space that they have, and then catch a Professor Dick's class. And he's not happy at Thornton's in his class. Let's just say he's not happy. He's just never. I don't think, you know, Professor Bombay is a very happy dude. No. He's a snooty dick, but he's 100% right. And we should just be able to buy themselves. Yeah. You know how money should be utilized when you get to a school? To pay the tuition for books and everything else like everybody else does. Right. It shouldn't be a reason why, hey, I'm getting a bonus for playing basketball for you. It's it, the, the point he makes about buying yourself into a school is 100% right. Oh, absolutely. It's easy to kind of go, oh, but you're a jerk in this movie. So I can't, I can't side with your obvious truths. He's a lot like Vernon in uh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. But I don't need Breakfast Club. I can just watch this. Yeah, totally. I always watch Back to School. Yeah. 
why would I need the Freckless Club? <laughs> Let's not go there again. No. Um, so the biggest problem now that Professor Bombay's got is, look, I already got this asshole in my class, but as he's trying to conduct his lesson that he's done, obviously, hundreds of times before, real-world businessman Thornton Mellon is telling him, no, that's not true, that's not this, and he starts basically refuting and rebutting everything. Right that Professor Bombay is saying about this part of business and this just part of business. Between theory and reality. And it's just builds up the tension between these two even more. Some really great moments in there, and I don't want to... Yeah, we can't recount everything. Recount but everything, but, but it's going to take away from me, if you've never seen the movie before, to enjoy the movie, if, if we just basically got a script and read it to you. Right, it's not, it's not a reading, sorry. It's not a, this is, yeah. Cut to Jason and Thornton walking out of the class. And Jason's just giving his dad the business. He's like, you know what? You're not doing too well with this guy. You can't keep this up. He's going to flunk you. Flunk me? Flunk him? <laughs> it's my favorite line in the movie. Cut to another class. And this time is a recognizable face, more so than Professor Dick. And that's Sam Kennison. And what the hell is he up to? This is Sam Kennison before people knew who Sam Kennison was. He's even though he's playing a teacher, he's kind of playing Sam Kennison, right? But yes, so the, if the, this is the first time you're seeing, you're just like, "What the hell is this dude's problem?" Sam starts talking about Vietnam and as it gives himself an opportunity to start yelling at one of the students because she gives pat the pat answer. the pat answer. He is very uh, very strong feelings, very passionate about it. He's he's feeling very strong feelings about Vietnam and his experience there. Thornton kind of challenges him a little bit. Hey, lay off. It's not her fault. Yeah. She wasn't even born. She was, in, she was in grade school. Now, Kenison steps up and challenges him. Sam yells. Thornton yells back. And then Sam walks away with more respect for the guy, which we all know is that Rodney doesn't get a lot of right. respect. So, yes. Kenison walks away. He's a good teacher. He seems to really care about what I have no idea. In the perfect Rodney Dangerfield yeah. cadence, add yeah. rim shot. Now we move on to one more class. And this is the class that really kind of sets things in motion for Rodney and his storyline. And who's in this class? Sally Kellerman. Performing. On the podium. With her Annie Hall hat and everything. She starts reading poetry and then Thornton is getting goo eyes <laughs> and he's falling in love with her and he has a little... We're going into one of those black and white flashbacks. <laughs> and, so, and then he stands up, yes, yes! And the classroom and he stands up into and laughter. Because he's just embarrassed himself. He's come out of his daydream. And the bell rings. And the bell rings. And Thornton meets up with, with Sally Kellerman afterwards. I think it's where we finally find out her name and her name's Diane. And they're walking along. Her name is Diane, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he asks her out to dinner. And she shoots him down instantly, and she says, I'm sort of going with someone. And I love that phrasing. Going, because, yeah, it's like, like eighth grade. grade. That's, that's going with someone. If I said it to my Guess son. going together? With my son right now, he's like, going where? With who? No, he'd be Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. Going, going where? <laughs> going where? And he says, going where? And she goes. Good question. She says, that's a good question. <laughs> Which I thought was very quick. Yes. And there's Philip, Professor Dick. Philip starts telling Diane that he wants to form a partnership with her. This is right after he's seen her and Thornton have just chatting, having this, having this conversation we just talked about. He doesn't know that she's just shot him down for him. Although, because he sees that she's kind of giggly, she's glowing. He doesn't seem very guarded by the whole thing. He's just, we've had it put in our own minds that he sees her talking to him and now he's taking a next step that she just got done saying that she's not sure if that next step's ever going to come. Right. So we're instantly 
given the information that, oh, he is the, the someone that she just mentioned. We had an idea, but we only saw him for that one moment in the bookstore. And why right. you have a teacher and a teacher. Why yeah. wouldn't they be in a bookstore together? He's such a strange, but yeah. the guy's great. I mean, it, we see Thornton walking across the campus in his robe and slippers. Cut to Derek saying to, to Jason, hey, hey man, everyone's dad. talking about your dad. He, he's, and there he is in his robe and slippers. He goes, yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. Pull a little wider and they're standing in front of the swing, the, the pool. Gymnasium. The pool building. The pool building. It says pool building on it, too. It's pool building. Pool building. So from there, they, they cut to the inside the pool area, and here's Jason climbing up the ladder of the diving board. Just, and this is not your typical public pool diving pool. And oh, no. Diving this board. Is dive this is a platform. Platform that you see in Multiple yeah. platforms. You have some springboards, but this is just a platform that you see in a normal Olympic diving event. Gets on the platforms, and he does a dive. It's not bad, but it's not a terrible entry. Clearly not right. a good dive. Not a lot of splash. Jason's sitting in the water right after this less than stellar dive and they do this look up and there's Thornton on the highest platform and they just shot looking down. Hey, next time hold that pike a little longer. Here's Thornton and he jumps off the platform. Right. Perfect dive. Perfect entry. It's like, whoa. Whoa, where did this come from? Because we'd seen him dive into the pool at home early, but it didn't mean anything to us. But now we've now we're connected. It was things. just a funny moment because he's off because he's springboard. running Dangerfield. But now that you've seen him off a platform, now and oh, wait, this guy actually used to be an athlete. Of so some there's kind. something going on. There's there. something. And he climbs up out of the water, and he climbs up right to the feet of who is standing there? M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> um, yeah, and then M. Emmett Walsh. As the diving coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet Emmett Walsh has never dived off a platform. In his no, life. <laughs> exactly. But this is where we get our this is where we get our uh, yeah. And I think sto- what, honestly, I think the only time Walsh has ever been in a pool is like for physical therapy or something. Uh, right. Well, he shows up. and This is he's kind of like, hey, bud, how are you? Who are well, this? That's your boy. Blah 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 blah. And the coach starts talking about it. And he goes. When I was a kid, he used to spend a whole bunch of time in Atlantic at, City, Atlantic Pier, City. and Just I open s- for the horse. And he said, "I saw this amazing this dive. It's called a triple lindy." Who did that? Who dive? did that? He goes, "You're truly again." Holy crap! And coach says, "Have you ever done that?" Can he do it? He goes, "You do no. It's too dangerous. Nobody should do it." That's called foreshadowing. And uh, but here we are. Now we know we've been introduced. We know that Thornton Mellon was a dive. Now we uh, it all makes sense. Jason's a diver, and suddenly the coach is into Jason being on the dive team. And who's pissed about that? Oh. Swim Dick standing over there with his floofy hair, just swim dickiness. Oh my god! <laughs> See, if you talk about how he is in Karate Kid, this is just a different level of. Oh yeah, man. This is. I mean, look. It's funny you said that the whole feminine thing because this guy, this teen dickhead, is so much different than even Rick Morehouse in Just One of the Guys. Oh yeah. Because Morehouse is more Karate Kid, and dude, like that hair, man. That guy, that hair. Like I don't know. I mean, he looks like a lion. <laughs> it's it's yeah. This it's not even a mullet. No, there. And we we mentioned it's a Bon Jovi almost. Yeah, that's some serious feathering going on there, man. That's. It's it's almost bon, it's pre Bon Jovi. And I used the word quaffed earlier talking about Robert Picardo, but really the quaff really belongs to Chaz. Chaz swim to a quaff. He even comes out of the water. It's like a Rod Stewart video. It's yes. like infatuation. It's slow motion. He's shaking the water out of his hair. <laughs> he got that deep lens on him. 
And you're like, what in the hell is going on? Is that Rachel Hunter? No, it's not. It's Billy Zavka getting out of the pool. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it, it, it reminds me of the sure thing. Like when the first time that you see uh, Nicolette Sheridan. It's her hair. Anyway, so it's nighttime and Jason's outside a building and up comes Derek and he's laid out in some Letterman's jacket, crazy outfit. His hair's extra colored and he's got like a gas mask and he says, hey, we're going to go protest this thing at this rally and be dicks. Yeah. You want to come? And he goes, no, no, no. I'm waiting for my dad. We're going to do some studying. So, oh, so it's a library. The library building. Does it say library building? No, it doesn't. He doesn't no, say but anything. See, if it did, you would know what it was. Library building. I know it's a building, but put a sign up there and tell me what kind of building it is. Library building, right? He's standing there, and Lutz puts on his helmet with a rocket through it, and we're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is the 80s when you protested nuclear weapons in, in whatever way you choose. It was a nuclear, just some kind of anti-football yeah, nuke I, rally. He runs away. Scutty inside of the library, and there's Jason, and he looks over it. Oh, and he sees his girly. Eh, who, who's the only other person in the library? Well, she's not the only other person, but... I mean, she might as well that, be. Yeah. He looks over, and he this is kind of staring at her, and she looks over and smiles back. I was like, ooh. Wait a second. What's this movie about? What? This, this isn't about back to school. This isn't about Rodney going back to school. This movie's about love. Yeah, man. Looking for love in all the wrong places. In the library. In the building. library. But I feel like lots of kids hook up in the library. The smart ones, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, right? Like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm studying. Oh, yeah. Well, what's well how come you're studying? Because I don't have any friends. Because I'm, I'm smart. Old. They always put the smart kid, like, well, again, it's like, it's one of the things I'm going to sidebar just really quickly to Real Genius. What Michelle Marink is kind of oddly hot because she's smart and she's cute. Right. And it makes her even hotter. Which is what they kind of did with my science project as well. Uh, with Ellie Sawyer. You give Ellie, like, here's some braces. You're smart. Hey, look, everybody. It's Ellie, and she's cute and smart because she's got braces. Braces. And she likes Motorhead Mike. All right. Jesus. Oh, my God. We've been taken over by the first episode. Stop it. Get out. <laughs> Too much. Cease and desist. So they have, we, we, we see both Jason and... I'm going to keep seeing Veronica. It's Valerie. No. We see Jason and Valerie Desmond. Yeah, I know. I corrected myself. Yeah, no, no. You're right. You got and it. I need to just keep saying Val because he calls her Val at one point. And then she's like, hey, why are you here? <laughs> well, my dad stood me up. <laughs> my dad stood me up. I have no clue where he's at. My dad's a dick. And then we cut to it's a bar. And there's and, loud music. And, and Thornton's grabbing himself a picture. And then so all the girls start hitting on him. He's like, I'm here with my buddy. And he go to the booth with these two college girls. And there's Thornton and Lou and they're Got all their beer and listening. Oh my gosh, that band, by the way. The worst. The dude singing. Isn't he the singer? Isn't he the lead singer in the band in um, Just One of the Guys? Maybe. I, I don't feel know. like it it's is. It's been too long. <laughs> Start doing Twist and Shout. It's, wow. It's rough. It's like they're murdering a farm animal. But it was crazy. 1986, man. We get Twist and Shout twice. Right. We get it, yeah. We get it much better. But hey, let's be let's be fair. But not used like this. Not like this. No, it's a great setup. And this is supposed to be a college cover band anyway. We're not using the Beatles, right? This and speaking of mullets, this guy singing lead the band. He's got that crazy hair, very Mister Mister kind oh, of hair. Oh God, yeah, but, but totally. he probably could use a baseball hat. Yeah, totally. He definitely needed a baseball. He's hat. got he's got a Michael Anthony vibe about him. 
just, he's like 10 years too old for the Mr. Mr. Look. He just doesn't know it yet. Right. And it's, oh man, it always, every time we get to that scene, it always bothers me. There, and there's one other scene too later on that involves music that bothers me too. And I'll get to it when we get there. Twist and Shout's still playing, but now Thornton's on stage. Singing it. Singing it. Yeah. And they got these three female background singers that weren't there before. Don't know where they came from. Doesn't matter. Lou brought them. To the three available mics that weren't there before. Yeah, well, they brought them out of Springsteen's limo. And now we got an opportunity for uh, a music video, which actually they ended up doing for Twist and Shout. He's still performing on stage. and He's doing his riding thing. He's doing his riding thing. Really and now, now his shirt is definitely open. Oh, yeah, dude. He's like he's, full on, like, showing, belly shaking. Showing it all off. And then see Derek and Jason walk in from the back. And, so we know the rally's over. So, and clearly, he's done walking home with his girl. I uh, watches the song finish. And then he goes and sits down with Lou. They sit down with Lou. And they cut back to the entrance of the of the place. And, and who comes in? And it comes a bunch of football dudes covered in paint. No, first, Slim like, Dick comes in. No, Chaz is already there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's doing something in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Whatever he's doing. <laughs> he just pops out of nowhere. Comes over there and goes... And he goes, hey, man, well, how'd your rally go? And he's like, oh, man, these dicks did this. And got paint my, my girlfriend. Paint my girlfriend. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, I got some for you. One was right there. There's Derek Lutz. Now, here's the thing that's so funny about this. Usually in these movies, when the outsiders are there, nobody knows their names. Yeah, right. Derek Lutz. Derek Lutz did like, it. Like, like, you're, like you've known him since you were since right. elementary school. Come Maybe on. Yeah, I know. It's... Yeah. Derek, and how do you know it's Derek Lutz? How do you know? And Derek, how do you know Derek Lutz through the paint? How, how do you know? Because you you weren't even at the rally. You weren't there. Yeah, a little hole in this hole in this time space Man, continuum. Swim dick is frat dick too. Yeah, he's just a rat. He's a he's a fucking, piece. Of, he's a piece of shit to he's his a frat brothers. Rat that guy. What a jerk. Yeah, he needs to be stomped. Where's fucking Joe Pesci when you need him? <laughs> Billy bats my ass. And the guy who's covered in paint looks like he's forty. You, you, <laughs> got, to, you got to hit the coach. <laughs> you got to you got to do something every once in a while to, to just. Uh, he's obviously he's a stunt man. Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, yeah. So who's gonna be playing? Oh, hey, look, did you guys meet Bart, <laughs> the utility stunt guy? Just throw some paint on him. So world's we get, oldest teenager. <laughs> yes, he steps up to steps up to Derek and. There's one thing that's to be said about the way they portray Derek. He's got no fear. No. And he's smart. And he's he's a lot like Vinny and my science project. He's yeah, got, totally. He's got no fear because like he's on the outside looking in. He's got nothing to lose. He's not afraid of getting his head pounded in. What's what's gonna happen? What's the worst thing? Yeah. So Derek says some snarky things back to him and Do you know who I am. <laughs> gets nutty with him and and then Thornton steps in and goes, hey, why don't you settle down? And he goes, why don't you get some new parts for your head? The and war's he goes, over. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, you want to get physical? And he goes, no, I get angry. And when I get angry, he gets physical. And they cut over to Lou and he grabs that metal napkin, napkin holder and just crushes it with a single hand. And he gets up and challenges him. And we get a bar fight. Bar fight. Finally, I love bar fights. Bar fights are great, especially if they're well executed. Yeah. By stuntmen playing stuntman. teenagers. <laughs> By stuntmen covered in leatherman jackets, covered in paint. <laughs> Fantastic. And it goes on, and it goes on for a little bit. There's some fun stuff. It, you know, it's classic. It's very uh, Keystone copy, Benny Hill bar fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, there's like bottles flying, and 
I feel like there's, you know, it's almost if it was like if it was the old west, there'd be like the town drunk sitting on the bottom, like drinking, drinking beers, drinking everybody's, <laughs> drinking left. everyone's drink as a. <laughs> we cut to Diane's class, and now they're talking about the Great Doing, Gatsby. Yeah, Diane's up there, and we're gonna talk about the Great Gatsby today. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Can anybody tell me something about the Great Gatsby, Mister Mellon? And, and he goes, "Who, me or him?" You. You. Uh, he was, uh, The Great Gatsby was, uh, great. He doesn't, he's never, he's that, probably never read The Great Gatsby. Doesn't know what The Great Gatsby is. Yes, because that's why. Or perhaps he's seen the movie. Which they never touch on. Robert Redford, Mia Farrow, The Great, I love the movie. In response, Diane says, meet me after class, Mr. Mr. Mellon. Class, Mr. Mellon. And the bell rings. <laughs> Shortest classes ever. Man, I'd want to go to college if my classes were that Dude, short. if I could live in that 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 room, yeah, that that he knocked the walls out and go to ten minute classes, that the bell rings every time somebody asks a question. You'd spend more time walking to Between and classes. from classes, but I feel like that was college anyway. That's what? how my co- that's how I, I spent college. That... It was all in between classes is what I remember more I, about college. So Diane has Thornton after class, and they're walking. And she just says, you know, you need to do better with this. And he goes, I don't have the background for this. Right. You know, and he goes, maybe I need a tutor. And he asks her to tutor him. And she agrees. She writes down her address and he's coming to my house tonight. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's fast. That's, he's, yeah, man, melon charm. He's Italian. Maloney. So then we cut to Diane's kitchen or dining room area. And he's reading books to her, things that she's pointing out to read. So she starts asking him about other things on her reading list. And he says, in response to almost everything she brings up, I've seen the movie. Right. And he names the actors. And he names the, and the actors. year it was out and everything. So, I mean, he, you know, he does have a recall of yeah, some sort. He just never read these books. I can go see a movie in and out in two hours and I'm done with it. You know, it's weird about her house, though. It's the uh, Doyle house from Halloween where the, where, where the babysitting's going on. <laughs> So Thornton and Diane are doing well with the tutoring session. He says, hey, let's keep going. We got a rhythm going here. He goes, let's extend it to dinner. And she goes, no, I got to meet someone. And he, goes, and he knows what that means right. at this point. And he goes, I don't want you to blow him off. And let's just, you know, this is an extension of work and the extension of the tutoring. And she goes, yeah, you're right, it is. And they go out to, to dinner. And they're off dinner, drinking, stuffing. Well, stuffing's later. They walk out of the house. And as they're walking down the driveway, there's two dogs out front and they're just kind of like, they just, the beginnings of them going at it. You know, those two should get a room. <laughs> and it's like foreshadowing. Yeah, it is foreshadowing. <laughs> no, it is. It's totally what yeah. it is. I didn't get, I didn't, I mean, I didn't make that connection in 86. Like, <laughs> but like watching it now, I'm like, oh yeah, you sly dog, you. You know, that was well, Rodney's idea. Well, you too. know, of course, when you're, if for my case anyway, when almost 17 in, year what 14 14 yeah well no but i mean my birthday was until july oh i thought you were saying me i was like oh no 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 i I was full on six i turned 16 in january being that age you're not going yeah i need to see that old man and that old woman having sex no but now you're like happy rooting for him to have sex well well, i don't know am i i sure i I am i'm good yes 49 year old me yes anyway so they go out and have their dinner and everything and they're, they're laughing. They're, 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 this is more of a Bonnie moment. So I don't know if there's anything. He's giving. He's rushing her. And they come back to Diane's place. And, Wait uh, a second. You skipped over the best. She's like, oh, don't make me beg. And she says, if we finish this bottle of wine, 
You won't have to beg. We cut to the front of. <laughs> Too drunk. They're drunk. <laughs> cut to front. Turn Diane's house and Professor Dick's out there with his dick mobile. Fitty mobile. And he's wiping it down at night, which is keeping the condensation out. Whatever. Of it. it's seaside. Nobody cares about your dick mobile, but you, dude. Yeah. He's, well, it's he's it's it's him masturbating in front of her house. That's what it is. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what it is. Isn't it? He's wax on and wax offing. <laughs> well, you take it the way you want, but that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. He sees the limo pull up, and they get out, and they're hammered. And she says, "Oh, hello, Philip. <laughs> hello, Philip. <laughs> I'm gonna go inside and have sex." <laughs> and she just blows right by him. She just blows right by him. And yeah, because Thornton has more of a conversation with him than <laughs> right. he does. He goes, "Oh, you're doing a great job there. Maybe I should have you do my car." It's, it's such a great setup because, like, yeah, I'm gonna go inside and have sex with your with your lady friend. The girl you know you're going and with. while I'm inside, why don't you clean my car for me? <laughs> it's such a Chaz move, but it's done with the smoothness of Mr. Dangerfield. Yeah, man, come on, it's brilliant. <laughs> little Melon needs a little more of Mr. Melon, is what I'm saying. But what happens there? They wake up the next morning. And uh, we get some we get some great news from Jason, and that he's what made that the ta da! I meet the diving team. What, c- Jason, congratulations! And then there's the weirdest high five. There's the weirdest uh, five, give me five ever. Right. Like like I feel like Rodney Dangerfield had never slapped anyone five before, right. or it, maybe he had, but Keith Gordon had. Yeah, it's, it was weird. So after they're celebrating Jason making the dive team and their awkward high five or whatever that was. Jason starts giving Thornton some crap. Like, hey, man, we got midterms coming up, man. You got to study. You got you get that Kurt Vonnegut paper to write. Oh, yeah. And he, and as he's saying this, there's a knock on the door, and Jason opens the door, and the man takes off his hat, and older gentleman, bearded older gentleman, says, hi, I'm Kurt Vonnegut. Hi, I'm looking for Thornton Mellon. Yeah. I'm Kurt Vonnegut. And he has to say who Kurt Vonnegut is because... He's like even, a building. Because... Yeah, you, well, he's least, even wearing a building's shirt. He, Vonnegut. He needs to because I don't. I know the name. Look, I have no idea the what the dude looks like. Here's the thing: it could have not been Kurt Vonnegut. I still wouldn't know. I wouldn't have known. I'm just buying into it because the guy couldn't act, so it's got to be him. Must be Kurt Vonnegut. Thornton shows up for lab time, and we see three chimpanzees sitting on stools with television in front of them. Right, watching like. Banana, like the words are popping up. Cat, banana, dog. (laughs) So the professor tells Thornton, "All we need you to do here is pop in a tape. When this timer goes off, pop a tape in." Worst research program ever. Yeah, and what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to observe what they do and document what they've done. Because what does Dangerfield do as soon as the professor leaves? Well, he has a phone call though. He sits down, has a phone call, has a phone call, and what happens during the phone call? When the chimpanzee brings over a banana. Right, because he keeps seeing the word banana. Yeah, and he kind of just goes, kind of gives him a double take. <laughs> gives him a dirty look. And it's, it's one of those moments you don't catch until uh, one of the repeat viewings, like, oh, oh, he's just doing what he's been told to do. Right. And he realizes they're smarter than, than the professor's giving him credit for. But while he's on the phone, he's talking to his assistant, Marge. Yeah. I need this. I need you to hire everybody. I need you to bring everybody down here because I need this and this and this. The whole team. They cut away. The professor comes back in the room now and he's got big eyes. Wrestling's on TV. Wrestling's on TV. Not unlike Silver Bullet. Right. (laughs) Same footage. All the chimpanzees 
are going nuts. They got sunglasses on and they're all eating pizza. <laughs> they're having a good time. He's like, oh, we're just taking a break. <laughs> and we smash cut. To Philip. To Philip's class. And I'm this and I'm that. What is that noise? We hear this weird like clicking. And Jason's sitting next to next to Eve McClurk with with a she's stenoing away and he's cracking up because he knows this whole situation is completely absurd. Now is he cracking up because of that or does he just he can't is he just losing his shit? I it could be, it works either way. Maybe it does, but I'm just like, I was watching it last night. And thinking, then Philip says to her, who are you? I'm, I'm Marge. <laughs> I'm Marge. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Mellon's receptionist. Oh, what are you doing here? Taking notes. Really? So you're taking down everything I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Philip sits behind her and gets in the ear. Get this down. You are never going to pass my class. Never. Never, ever, never, ever. Never heard of him. Uh, so, <laughs> right, never, Marge. Never. Marge? Was this the same year? This is the same year as First Bueller. Did this come out before or after? Have we seen First Bueller? Have we seen her smiley face, Edie McClure's face in First Bueller already? Or was this after First No, this was after uh, First Bueller. Yeah. I feel like this was like an August release or something. Like yeah, end of know. the summer. It's like, I, we're going back to school. June 13th. I was wrong. It's <laughs> fucking all over the place. Bullshit. Well, there goes my third. <laughs> there goes my theory. They cut to the dorm room, and it's just hustle and bustle of a business. And Thornton's up there managing all of his people. Just like in the office. Just like in the office. And he's delegating what reports being written Feels where. Like Bulk it up by a quarter and put some pictures and graphs in there and blah, 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 blah. So Jason comes in in this chaos and he goes, what are you doing, dad? He goes, I'm writing my reports. Oh, no, they're writing your reports. Wait, I did one for you. And he's your astronomy and he goes, and he just throws it over his boxes. He throws he goes, it. I came to college to learn because I want to write the paper. I want to write the paper. I want somebody to write it for me. I came here to learn. I mean mine. I mean mine. I mean mine, dad. <laughs> oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. It's a good thing. It's I want to do it for myself. He's not having any of this nonsense. No. Dude, come on. So we cut to the pool now, and guys are warming up and undressing to get ready to do their thing. And And there's there's a little stabbing going on between uh, Swim Dick and Melon at the bottom. So Melon's trying to like reboot whatever it is that's going on with them. And he says, he puts out his, extends his hand, and he goes, Hey, man, you know, wish you luck out there, man. Let's, let's, Let's get those guys. And Chaz's response is like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I wish you luck too, Mel, but I guess you don't need it. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, your dad bought you on the swim team. I'm sure he bought the judges too. Uh, and we literally see Melon go limp right there. Yep. His body language, everything. <laughs> He's just like, he reverts uh, back to the, the towel boy. After Chaz delivers this wonderful information, he sees Jason sees Valerie and he goes over to talk to her. Hey, thanks for coming invites her hey my dad's throwing a party tonight you know my dad's parties are always a blast and love for you to come and she goes well i kind of already have a date jason being that guy he always is swallows his pride no bring him along it'll be great it'll be great the more the merrier he even says that i think right after we see jason and valerie together we see thornton and he's up in the stands and he kind of comes down and he, and he sees diane and philip in the stands and he waves at diane diane hey oh and they kind of have a little exchange and invites her to the party tonight and she says oh yeah sure whatever maybe i don't know anyway so Chaz gets up there and does his dive it's n- nine he sticks it 
9.5. Whatever it is. And blah, blah, blah. Now Jason's climbing up the stairs and gets to the top of the platform and he looks down. And now Thornton is talking to the coach. And now everything is fresh in our head about Chaz said Chaz to him, said to him about sinking him. into his. And then he gets up to the platform. And now Chaz is in Jason's head and he completely blows his dive, splashes into the water in a very, very unfortunate way. Yeah, man. That's the, yeah. And they're the ones hosting this meet. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. And there's and there was like almost this booing going on. It wasn't like oh. Uh, it was more. There was more you like suck. <laughs> you were like, man, everybody in the school's a dick. Jason Mellon takes it hard. You <laughs> suck, Mellon. I mean, it was almost that. It, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's like, come on, man. I mean, man, see, that's college life. One day they don't know you. One day they love you. And the next day they hate you. Yep. Cut to a frat party. Yeah. And everybody's dressed up. What was that? Yeah, it was this weird caveman, cavewoman thing. I think it was just a way for frat boys to get their girlfriends Half naked. Part of the job is done. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They roofie them and it's easier. She was dressed like a cave lady. Chaz asked one of his frat brothers, what's going on, man? Where This is our party. It's always the biggest party of the year. Like, I don't know. Hey, man, we might head over to the dorms because of the... Something going on over there. there. He goes, to Melons? No way. No. We're not doing that. Like a child, he says. And then... Yeah, and Valerie's, Valerie's like, like, let's go to Jason's. That'll be great. He goes, Jason's a little twerp. He's a dw- twerp. Twerp. Yes, that's. I was going to say dweeb. Twerp. He's a twerp. Never going like, to happen. Twerp. Twerp. Look, man, you got boobies in this movie. Yeah, man. You already got your rating. You can say something yeah, heavier than twerp. Although twerp kind of fits with his character. I mean, it's well, kind of yeah, like, but, I know, I know. But how funny is it that we're still talking about twerp? Boom. We cut to the big party and at what's the dorms. going on at the party. There's music, man. And who's on stage? It's actually not a shitty bar band. No, no, no. Terrible They've covers. They've their level. This is Thornton's party. Tell me about Lingo Boingo, who have a big neon sign. So, so they're, they're partying. Dead Man's Party's going on. They're playing Dead Man's Party, which was, actually was a new song at that point. Right. So we cut to Jason Always thought it was the at the success. party. <laughs> this is where we're starting to get moody, Jason. Oh, God. Channeling. Dude, he's sitting with his blue shirt, sunglasses with on, sunglasses black jeans. On. So then Derek's giving him shit. Saying, oh, well, what are you going for here? And he kind of gives them. Dissociated artists. Oh, you're playing the deaf guy. All right, maybe this will cheer you up. And then he gets on the ground. Maybe this will cheer you up. Oh, do me. And up comes Rodney to deliver his best line of the entire movie. Derek, get up, will you? You look like the poster boy for birth control. It's almost like a throwaway. He's so quick with it. Yeah. And so now Thornton's guy came with, boy, come on. Take my Jason. What is this? The swim meet? And he goes, yeah, dad, it's a swim meet. Yeah, it's the swim meet. And Jason's like, yeah, you're right, dad. There's nothing There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to care about. And he starts pounding his no. beer, and he's walking through the crowd of people dancing, and he just grabs He some... grabs the ugliest girl dancing and kisses her. <laughs> well, wow. Oh, man. He grabs the stunt woman. Well, they are. They have to be a stunt couple, because what happens next? He sprays beer in the dude's face with, with the terrible ADR from the from the boyfriend. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. And I'm like, man, did anybody even try to sync that up? <laughs> uh, do you think that was a stuntman or an extra? They gave him a beer bump. Beer bump. Right, right. And while all this is going on, now he storms out mad. He just disappears. The party's <laughs> raging, and he stomps off like an angry teen. So we see Philip. And Diane show up in his convertible. They're outside the dorms. You can hear the party going on. He goes, what's all that racket? And he goes, 
They're having fun, Philip. People having fun, blowing off steam, Philip. Midterms, Philip. <laughs> I don't know why I was getting accenty there. Sounds she completely right. dreadful. You know, Philip. I'm gonna call security. <laughs> you know, Philip's like, you know, this is some bullshit. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call the campus police because this is crap. And then we hear sirens, and we look over, and oh my gosh, look. It's a couple of it's four, four cop cars. cars. And they roll up and like, oh, see, somebody else is unhappy about this garbage too. And they cut back and they're taking all these Miller Lite cases and cases of Miller and Miller Lite. Oh, and then Philip is completely dejected, realizing he's not winning this one either. No, never going to win it. Who's he going to complain to? So, Dean Martin? <laughs> so Diane rolls out, goes up to the party. I'm going to go check it out, Philip. And she goes up there and. She's in the party and she asks, I'm looking for Thornton Mellon. Oh, I think he's in there. And Second she, best line in the movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But before that, one of the most awkward moments in the entire movie, when Sally Kellerman gets her response that he's in the other room, she does this thing and oh, walks off yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. every time, I mean, from the cringy. first time I saw it, I'm like, what the? Uh, yep. No, no, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. She's kind of got her back to the camera, but she looks over her shoulder and she does a... I have preemptive cringing going on because it's coming. And I, I'm like, yeah. just 10 second fast forward. It makes my stomach hurt. I, I tried to gloss over it because I, yes, now you just made my stomach hurt again. He's got food poisoning. Because we cut to the him in the hot tub and he's like, hey, what's a party without bubbles? Hey, bubbles. And then bubbles gets into the hot tub with him. Now there's four females in there. And, and naked Rodney Dangerfield and again. just Rodney Dangerfield. We got to the entryway of the room, and here comes Diane. And they cut back. Boom. He's got a Wa mask and water a snorkel. Comes, he comes up out of the water. That's what I call marine biology. Diane! <laughs> Diane, what are you doing here? We cut to Jason sitting in the middle of the woods, it looks like. Yeah, right? Like, where is he? It's super dark waiting area. For so, waiting for Reverend Werewolf to show up and eat him. <laughs> Drinking beer. <laughs> One of those crazy beers. That from, one beer? The one from the movies. I mean, they, they always look like tin cans, even though we were already oh, in aluminum right. at this point. I always thought that was really weird. There's Valerie. Oh, Jason, there you are. Is I'm she like, still in her caveman costume? Yes. Okay. There but was, it was funny because she went to the party and, never, and didn't see him at the party. We Last time we saw her, she's over at Chaz's joint, and now here she is walking around the woods. Or <laughs> oh, right. They're in the forest. Somehow she found him in the forest, and she's half naked. And we like we were talking about earlier, and he's just now he's this altered Jason now. He's he's this dick. Yeah, Totally mean Jason. He is the Arnie Cunningham. We, we, yeah, at least with Christine, he was being possessed by an evil car. Now he's being possessed by some shit beer. It's just like <laughs> Miller Miller Light. By the way, did you notice that the can's not Miller or Miller Light? No, it's just beer. It's just beer. He's super shitty with her, and up comes Chaz. Oh, great. What, you, what do I have to do to you, Chaz? I have to knock your teeth down your throat. Right? And he gets dude. He just and like he goes like instant nutty. And he's like, hey, careful, Melon. You know, if your dad here to back you up. Another shit faced Melon. Another shit faced Melon. Why is it people don't see the sucker punch coming? Dude, he like wound up. He like, yeah. like reached down to his sock to grab that punch. Which isn't very far for somebody his, of well, his height. Maybe, you know, maybe because he's short. It was maybe he was because he was tiny. Nobody just saw it coming. Yeah, it was in the dark. And I'm yeah. sure that like the last guy you expect to punch you is a towel boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. If, and Chaz is half naked, so it's weird. It is weird. It's very homoerotic. And he's got that wig on. He looks like a. He's like he's wearing like a share wig. Crow Magnum. Crow in suits like Encino Man. 
Because he already made the Cro-Mag reference. He already had the Cro-Mag joke. Yeah. yeah, Derek made it. Jason. Oh, see, I get it. That's why they were having a caveman party. Oh, they hadn't had it yet. No, though. man. See, it's, it's genius. Yeah, see how it all comes clear? Boop. I never made that till right now. I don't think anybody ever did. It was more foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. Through the edit bay. Did you realize? No, my God. Wait, the, the matter is probably going to fucking respond. He's going to tweet us. <laughs> I didn't do it either till now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your podcast so illuminating. <laughs> Shining oh, light shit. wherever we can. So Jason knocks Chaz on his ass. Bing. And some people grab him and Jason runs away. I mean, he knocks him down. He, he knocks yeah. him almost cold, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. I'm giving props to Mr. Zabko for taking the hit and really selling the punch because yeah. I wouldn't have bought it. No. Because in the previous movie, he needed a car to, to yeah, take care of the, uh, the bullies. Yeah. He didn't punch Buddy Repton. Nope. He ran over the car. <laughs> a burning car. <laughs> right after we see Jason walk away from knocking Chaz out, Thornton catches up to him and he says, hey, Jason, I've been looking all over for you. He's a popular guy, Jason. Yeah. He's got the girl looking for him. His dad's looking for him. Chaz was looking for him. I mean, honestly, let's be serious for one second here. We know Thornton isn't looking for him. He's not looking for Diane. He just happened yeah. to stumble onto his kid. Right, and he's like, oh, hey, Jason. Oh, hey, hey. I was, oh, I've been looking for you. Where you been? <laughs> I'm trying to bang the teacher. And Jason just says, you know what, Dad? I'm peacing out. I can't do the school anymore. One of us has to go, and you're having so much fun. They love you. Oh, he's so Chris, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, he turns into Doc Brown. But they love you, Marty. <laughs> we cut to a stack of reports and you see some hands come in there and pull out this seriously nutty, hardbound leather report. He pulls it out and it's Thornton and he opens it up to see his grave, which we don't see. And he walks up to Diane and says, Diane, why'd you fail me? You failed me, Thornton. <laughs> you failed me in the hot tub with those girls. I mean, uh, this you didn't write this. <laughs> you didn't write this. And let me tell you something else. The person that wrote this doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. Slash, cut to. Tink. And another thing, Vonnegut. <laughs> I'm canceling that check. <laughs> yeah, well, next time I'll get Robert Ludlum. Yeah. It's Dude, so ridiculous. It's funny because I don't know if anybody would even... Robert Ludlum was Rob, Robert Ludlum was Tom Clancy before Tom Clancy was Tom Clancy. For anybody who's listening, who cares? Yeah, but Ludlum didn't make any video games. No. I mean, maybe he made Pong or Tank Battle <laughs> Combat. I'm back in the room and Derek busts in there and tells Thornton, oh, hey, Dean Martin wants to see you. And Phillips accusing Thornton of... Plagiarism what? and a whole bunch of other stuff. Specifically, academic fraud. Academic, uh, fraud's such a nasty word. It is. You cheated. Is that? F I guess. I guess fraud. And fraud. Is, is, I guess. Yeah, but even but, Dean Martin thinks it's a nasty word. Yeah, he was being fraudulent. Yeah, he was academically fraudulent. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, is that, academically a, speaking, academic speaking, he was fraudulent. And um, you know, again, this goes back to yesterday's Twitter Twitter story. Uh, yeah, right. Paying people for grades. Hey, here's half a million dollars. My kid's a dummy. So now what happens? Well, Philip wants him expelled for this. Yeah, of course. And, and under and but most, it's, it's it's more than just this. It's 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 he's getting Philip's yeah, lady. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is the this is the tool. This is the catalyst he's going to use to get rid of him because of the infringing that he's done. He's he's not caring so much. He's a minor inconvenience in the classroom. But really, what it comes down to, he's taking his woman. And yeah, he, that's the problem. Yeah, man. 
Phelps figured out a way that he thinks we can solve this. It's foolproof. He has an oral exam and all subjects covered. All the class, all his teachers are going to come together. They can provide an oral exam. <laughs> we got to Thornton in his kitchen. He's making a sandwich again. He's really big on sandwiches, dude. He's this one's sam- this one's far more acceptable and far more like a traditional sandwich because I'm seeing, uh, you know, Wonder Bread and that this kind is of thing. Sort of sad guilt meal. Yeah, which I think you would think that the the meal at the beginning of it would be a little more the gluttonous mode that he'd be in at this point. Yeah, right. But Jason comes walking in and he's you know, basically having the conversation. Jason, who's all ready to leave, is now convincing his dad. Dad, you can't go. You can't go. You can beat this thing. You can beat this thing. So we're going to help you. Jason wants him to stay. We're going to beat this thing. We're going to do this, Dad. We're going to study, study, study. And then we get a montage. The mid-80s staple. So we're watching him study with Derek, with Diane, with Jason. That's it, right? Just the three of them. I think mm-hmm. I think Lou's doing something in there. I don't know. What he's we doing. see Lou every once in a while. Yeah, Lou's just kind like of. He's, like he's walking, riding around the room or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's exam day. Who's up first? Professor Dick. Yeah, of course it, he I is. I thought it was perfect. It, I mean, some situations where you know he's got five more classes, five more teachers to get through, you think, oh, man, no, you want to save him for the speed bump. He's at the end. But you know once he gets over no. the speed bump. The rest of the teachers don't feel, yeah, We and we just need the big showdown. We don't need. It's funny because you when you're dealing with Professor Dick's singular question in 27 parts, Right. All you ever hear is his answer at the end of it, four, and he's right. But we don't know if he's learned anything. All we know is that he struggled to come up with the answer four, and it seemed more like a guess than anything. Yes. Once he finishes with Philip's thing, we cut away to Jason, and Jason's kind of walking, and you hear, Jason, and it's Val. And he's like, Valerie. And they come over, and he confesses his love to her, and then she says, I love you too. Now, what's so weird about the whole thing is like, have you guys really been involved that long to where I think I love you? I feel like it's a a, a tropey thing. It's eighties. I, I don't I don't feel like it. And dude, seriously, could somebody get Jason an apple box to step on? Man, it had bugged it bugged the shit out of me in Christine, and it still bugs me. It's more noticeable in this because they got a wide shot where you're seeing. Yeah. You're seeing them head to toe. Right. You know what we needed is that little fat kid from E.T. right now. <laughs> He's probably a grown customer for Thornton. He probably comes in the right. shop all the time. Come on, dude. Step down here. My boy needs a, my, my boy boy needs needs an, an apple box. box. A human apple box that he can stand on. Because they haven't kissed yet, right? No. The and this, is, and this yeah. is the moment. And they go, and I love you too. And then but they, I love you more. Kiss. It's gross. Yeah, man, it's all Detroit Rock City. It's just it's all Paul Stanley open front leotard. Ugh. Gross. And we come back to our flash dance audition <laughs> oral exam for Mr. Thornton. And Diane walks up because it's her turn. And she goes and grabs a chair and slides it up next to Thornton. And she says to him, hey, remember that time when we were reading Dylan, Dylan Thomas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Dylan starts saying it. And he's remembering little bits of it all of a sudden. Boom, he's got it. Sticks and it. he's just boom, boom, boom. He knows like the back of his hand. This is the first time we've been proven that Thornton has actually learned something in his time partying at the school. Not only are we happy for him because he's going to pass. He's proving Philip was wrong. But it also just it brings Diane and Thornton closer because, you know, they were studying together. Right. But in between, they were 
They were nagging. Yeah, they were going. They were. They weren't going gentle. No. Like, Good night. <laughs> going bad all night. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing the dog. They were like those two dogs on the lawn. Would that be Rover Dangerfield? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Holy! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just one pin, Rodney. <laughs> so Thorn kills it. Everybody's stoked. And dude, there's no doubt he's gonna he's gonna pass. He's gotta pass. And we cut to it's a new diving meet. We're back at the pool building. We're back at the pool building. <laughs> Outside of the pool building where the pool is. We got our boy there. Thornton's not there yet. But Derek's sitting up in the stands with Lou. With Lou and a girl. And some a, weird some, some girl. Background girl just who doesn't say anything. Doesn't say anything. Just sits between between Bert Young, Young and Robert Downey Jr. Who do you think brought her? Who do you think picked her up? Bert? Or Downey Jr. Chuck Russell. <laughs> Chuck, who's that young lady? Hey Chuck, who's that? Who was that girl? So Derek starts starts taunting the other team's the divers to go first, and they're, he's got an air horn. Right, and he blasts, everybody brings that to a swim meet. Everybody blasts that air horn, and then he does it a second time, and then after the guy you know, totally screws up his dive and crashes in the water, there's an Crowd's like, oh, and then overhead on the PA here. Please refrain from using making loud noises during dives, please. The reaction shot of the cheerleaders kills yes. me. Both times. Because it's the same one. Yes. Just one's wide and the other one's tight. So now it's now it's home team. Now it's the Hooters turn. Yeah, man. To get up there. And then Chaz still just giving it to Melon, just still giving it to Jason. And he goes, ah, you know what? You know, no matter what you do, you're still going to be an asshole like your dad. Right. Jason's response is like, good, because I happen to love the guy. I hope so. Yeah. Because I happen to love him. We already know that he's, he's already made up with his dad. He's helped him with the schooling and everything like that. We don't need to hear him say it. That scene could have been like, what? And picking that completely. Yeah, totally. Because we already know Chaz is a dick. Yes. It doesn't matter. Then they cut to Thornton walking. Right. Just from the finals. And he doesn't, he's sitting down with Lou. He's getting and up there. Lutz. And now Chaz goes up there to do his dive. It's a shitty dive for Chaz. And he gets a real little score and all that crap. That's Jason's turn to dive. And, you know, he kills his dive. And next shot is Chaz walking up the ladder for a second one. And they stop. And he kind of, oh. and he gets this look in his face like, oh. Fuck this, man. Yeah, and he goes, oh, I cramp. I've got a cramp. Oh, coach, coach. I've been cramping all week. So I got a cramp. And what does Jason say to him? They're probably menstrual. Right? Like, ooh. So we see Thornton up in the stands, you know. Coach, do you have another live body? Or you're going to have to forfeit. Right. But so, you have to. so the coach is like yelling for Thornton. Yo, we don't yo. Know why. Hey. And at this moment, Mr. Walsh, has these two gargantuan <laughs> boogers. And I'm like, what the what? And they cut to Thornton and they cut back. It's just there. And I'm like, how come nobody? But, you know, if I had two big balls of yarn in my nose, like that, I mean, they're big. So he's yelling at, at Thornton to come down there. And it has to be, con he has to convince Thornton, come on down here, man. Go get your suit on. The crowd's going crazy because, you know, Thornton Mellon is it's Thornton Mellon. He's the most popular kid on campus. Doesn't matter. He's bought everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's bought everybody's books. He's given everybody fat and tall pins. Um, yeah. So and then and then the coach is approaching the the the, the official and saying, "Hey, uh, he's on my alternate roster, and I don't I, I I don't have it right now." 
But I'll mail it but to I'll, you. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, sh- I'll get to you when I can. So the official's cool with him. Get up there. And it's like, well, what dive is he going to do? The, the triple Lindy. <laughs> the triple Lindy. Now, what's so great about it is like, when does the coach and Gna- Thornton ever discuss? Ever. He's just pulling him down out of the stands. Go put your suit on. Yeah. At one point, does he say, I want you to do the dive you say is too dangerous that you did 35 years ago? Right. I want you to do that now. <laughs> I guess we get all that exposition 40 minutes earlier, and it doesn't really <laughs> matter because most people are like, they only remember the words triple Lindy. And then we hear Walsh's voice over the PA saying, we've added one additional diving board for the next dive. Right. One additional springboard will be added. I was like, why why are you? Why is he doing it? Why is he doing it? They they could have, you know what it was? And this is just the 100% truth. They realizing they decided to put that line in there wasn't in the script. And he happened to be in the booth that day doing his other stuff. Yeah, for sure. (sighs) Chuck Russell could have done it. Chuck Russell. I hear Chuck Russell produced this movie. <laughs> he was he was involved. Um, so, right. So now we're ready for the triple indie, which. We don't know what it is. We yet. don't. We've never. We've only all heard. We, all we, thing we know is that the additional springboard is going to be involved. Right. <laughs> and it's dangerous because they used to do it with horses. <laughs> Something involving horses at the I, pier and triple indie. I did it before the horse show. <laughs> Right. I mean, at the I, pier. Listen, I knew New Jersey's a little loose, but I don't think they're having do- you know horse and donkey shows yeah, back then. <laughs> you never water sport. Thornton gets the very top platform, and he gets up there. Right. <laughs> Does his armpit farts? Licks his thumb to check for the wind. And I've always loved the way he dives off the platform. He jumps off the platform. It's the most riding danger field way he could possibly do. It's it. Amazing. It's the best. So he jumps off and he lands on the springboard. Does the one that's always there. Right. Springs on it. And, and suddenly it's not him. Suddenly it's not, it's not, <laughs> not him. And, I, I, and I've always loved how they cut it just before his feet would hit the diving board because he's nowhere near the diving board yeah. when he jumps. And then he hits the diving board and they cut to the insert shot of him going with his eyes with the best Roddy Dangerfield face ever. Yeah. Like, ooh, and uh, hop, does this weird f- somersault flip With on. the frog. Like, yeah, his legs are all spread. It was so bizarre. Lands on the other springboard, jumps up and does this crazy flip somersault and dies perfectly in the water. Boom, no splash. So he lands the triple Lindy and he gets a nine, 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 eight, nine, eight, and a 10. I'm thinking, who doesn't give him a 10 across the board he forced them out of the stands out of the stand he forced 60 year old man to have to put another springboard in to perform this to perform the dive so the crowd's going crazy everybody's celebrating jason and veronica kiss again with a little more passion that weirdly oddly set up whatever oh my gosh and here's diane and she's got a piece of paper in her hand. We, but we saw her coming down just before that with the, with the Sally Kellerman walk. The Sally Kellerman walk and the big <laughs> smile, the big lips. Diane Thornton. Thornton. Because <laughs> I got your results. He goes, when I fail, you passed all D's and one A. Who gave me the A? I did. Because I straightened out your long fellow. <laughs> Cut to graduation day. Do 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 do. Now how, okay, look, I know he's Thornton Mellon and he's got money for days. And he just got all D's? And he got all D's. Hey, man, how much does that A average thing sound? 
That's what I'm saying. What? Well, you know, we we don't know if he had five classes or six classes or so. You four know what classes. this tells me is there is hope for um, Motorhead Mike and Vinny, all D's. Well, they could yeah. grow up to be Thornton Mellon. But we already we already proved with our my science project conversation that Vinny and Motorhead Mike are very smart guys, right? Because Bob tells them what. Oh yeah, you guys are. I'm you, giving you D's. I'm giving you D's if you don't pass this. I'm like, well, shit. Guess what, dude? That you graduate with a D. Yeah, obviously, because Rodney did. <laughs> Thornton, Thornton got out of college. No, well, Thornton got out of college, but Thornton didn't graduate high school. Didn't need to. He's got an honorary degree. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, they don't say that, but that's what that's it means. What it is. But he gets to speak at graduation. But he's a spe- he he ends up doing he is ends up addressing the graduating class. Who happens to include his son. And Chaz. And Chaz. And Lutz. I feel like everybody we've seen in the movie is in the graduation scene. Right. It's okay for them to be in the graduation scene. They don't have to be graduating. But they can't be graduating. Why are they in cap and gowns? It doesn't make any sense. But are they graduating? I don't know, man. I mean, if you're in cap and gown, you're graduating. But why are you wearing cap and gown if you aren't graduating? Right. I don't get it. And why has he got that weird poobah square hat on? I don't know. They cut away. They show the crowd throwing all their... their, uh, caps in the air and they cut back with the poster with Rodney throwing the thumbs up in his full cap and gown. I mean, really, literally put him in a cap and gown just so they can get their poster. I think, uh, look man. Yeah. And then that's it. Happy ending. Everybody, you know, happy ending for the people happy we, enough for, for the people we care about, for the people who watch the movie, swim dick and eat it. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, dude, it was a good time at the movie. It yep. made me happy when I was yep. a kid. I still laugh. It, Makes me happy now to watch it because it's so goofy. Like I said before. It was a pleasure to watch. It's I never thought that I wasn't gonna enjoy this. Right. There was never a point like going, Man, I don't When I said this. back when I threw up back to school, you responded immediately. I did. I did. Cause it was just like Yes. Yes. There was like no discussion or like, should we do that? Because the, the I don't want to say it's a perfect movie because I don't really apply it using use that kind of phrasing. But for a movie to be 33 years old yeah. and still, I never, never at one point did I go, oh my gosh, this is seriously How dated. much time is this? Yeah, how long is this? How long is this movie? Two funny things I'm going to bring up real quick. One, the room where he has the exam is the same room they shot in Flashdance. Really? It is the same room. Yes. Number two, this opened the same week as Ferris Bueller. Same week? Same week. Yeah, I think Ferris Bueller opened that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And this movie outgrossed Ferris Bueller. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rodney Dangerfield, his reach was hitting people beyond that teenage market. In yep. fact, if anything, probably did, probably didn't get much of that. The mark that market went saw Ferris Bueller, and the market that saw Back to School was everybody older than. 17. Yeah, totally. This is the second biggest grossing comedy of 86. Man. Do you know what the first was? 86. Um, Ruthless People. Crocodile Dundee. All right. It's time for a Kicks of the Week. If you couldn't tell by their wonderful soundbite. Well, what is your Kick of the Week? My Kick of the Week this week... uh, is if you got some time on your hands and you're an animal lover, maybe go donate some time at an animal shelter or we, you know, people who don't have pets, you know, you, you can, you can volunteer time and, you know, do these sort of therapy visits with pets. 
Uh, you know, there's older people who can't keep pets anymore or can't maintain pets. Uh, you know, you can, you don't have to have your pet, but you can, you can volunteer time to take a animal and visit somebody who might like some time with a pet. So my kick of the week is volunteer some time, uh, you know, maybe spend some time with, make a new, make a couple new friends, some four-legged, some two-legged. My kick of the week is a porno. <laughs> Sweet. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go out and bribe a congressman to get your kids into school. So my kick of the week is this. Encourage your children to be good students, be good in the community, so you don't have to pay a school hundreds of thousands of dollars to get them in like these rich people are doing right now. Just spend some time with your kids and just kind of raise them right. I know I'm asking a lot, and I'm also asking a lot to ask these kids who are fixated on a cynical TMZ selfie world that we're in now. Get off your soapbox. Um, <laughs> oh, there's the Apple box that we needed. It was a soapbox. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I still think it's funnier to use that kid from E.T. Yeah, it would be. And it, the thing about the E.T. thing is so great. It's like Steven Spielberg, the, the man who's great with kids, convinces a kid to lay on the floor so some other kid can step on him. To kiss a girl. So he can kiss a girl. He gets the, uh, he gets the girl and you get a separated disc. See how it works. You get, you get a, you get an apple box bone bump. (laughs) Give you the apple box bump. Put it on his voucher. (laughs) I'm gonna let you handle this. Bye. Later. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Karate Pod, K A R A C E P O D. And if you really want to bug me individually, you can hit me up on Twitter at Corey Culp, C O R E Y C U L P. Or on Instagram at culprit97. What about you, Freddie? If you'd like to hit me up and leave me uh, hate mail or whatever, you can reach me at Freddie Love at Raven Shattuck on Twitter or Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram or mine, whatever. <laughs>